You can skip this meeting info disclaimer by going to the two minute and 30 second mark. This is a comedy show about black mental health and race. None of the views expressed here should be considered advice. This is a content and trigger warning. Some audience members may find the show's content to be harmful and disturbing. Not as annoying as this fucking music. This comedy discusses issues that are adult in nature. You must be 18 or older to listen. The views expressed are independent of any podcast platforms or sponsors. Now that we've eliminated, exploited, or offended everyone in the known fucking universe, please enjoy the show. If you have an actual emergency, please dial 911. Peace. You have public access to listen to this Zoom meeting live. Friday nights after midnight, around 3 a.m., actually Saturday morning, which is 3 a.m., by dialing in at 646-876-9923. That's 646-876-9923. Welcome to Zoom. Enter your meeting ID followed by pound. Our meeting ID is 819-6724-8120. That's 819-6724-8120. Meeting ID. The passcode is 307404. That's 3074 zero four three zero seven four zero four thank you and we'll see you inside our zoom meeting on black mental health and race you are in the meeting now you are the first participant please stand by cool this is some official nigga shit here we got to bring out the fugue. Tonight we present the State of the Black Union 2023. Enjoy. <clears throat> and we are live, brother. Assalamu alaikum. Peace to God. To the universe. And welcome to our audience. You are listening to another episode of Black Mental Health and Race. Uh, the last part of the title of this show is a very uncomfortable conversation. And it's usually a conversation that you have in private. Um, no one wants to talk about it aloud because it puts a lot of people in precarious situations, uncomfortable situations, uh, to bring up our past and to resolve it to our future is not a very easy thing. I guess it would be easier, my brother, let's uh, say hello and welcome to Dr. Moore. Uh, I guess it would be easier if we were in charge of our own destiny by now. Um, and when I say in charge of our own destiny by now, if this, this were our nation, 
um, it, it's quite <clears throat> misleading to say that um, it's not our nation, but it's also quite a reality to contemplate that it isn't our nation. It is still the nation of the people that oppressed us. So we find ourselves in um, quite uncomfortable situations talking about it. One of the good things about your education and uh, research into depression is that we could deal with this uncomfortability from a psychological standpoint when it serves us and uh, when it doesn't serve us, we just try to relate people and keep people calm. I hope that is the um, incentive of this show and uh, to keep people motivated and calm no matter what goes on. Uh, last week we had uh, Tyree Nichols and um, I apologize on air. I haven't finished that episode up yet. I still have to edit it. I've been procrastinating on it, which leads us to this week. Uh, so many things to talk about, but I thought it was interesting since we're both, uh, we both have ties to South Carolina to start off this week's program and try to calm people and try to keep people motivated by mentioning the case of Murdoch. And uh, we spoke briefly off air before, as we do every week, uh, exchanging the greetings with one another and then talking about things that we probably don't want to discuss on air. And we find ourselves talking about something that should be at least mentioned and... Um, Let's see what the audience thinks about it. And so we, I brought up to my brother the case of Murdoch, um, Alec Murdoch. He's um, a prominent attorney in um, uh, a law firm well-known in South Carolina, um, at least not if you, if you had to use their business. Like a big business, their PMPD. PMPED. Um, some people from South Carolina are familiar with the name, or at least the name of Alec Murdoch, um, because he has a brother, Randy Murdoch. They're both attorneys, big prominent attorneys in litigation in uh, South Carolina. So, at least, if not from a legal standpoint, people are familiar with the name. And I asked my brother, since he's from there, had he heard of the name? And he said, he, yes. But uh, our conversation got even more interesting because of a client that he has. And uh, we were talking about black progress. And this is the month of uh, Black History Month. Uh, I thought the conversation would be apropos to talk about uh, black progress. And you have two sides in the two prominent sides in um, that argument of black progress and change. And I remind my brother of uh, what Minister Kevin, uh, name was later changed to Brother Abdul Hafiz, uh, who recently passed away due to complications with COVID. But one of the things that he's always tell us was um, 
all progress takes change, but all change ain't progress. Um, so we find ourselves in a conversation where he's trying to um, work with a brother that is um, one of his clients in the, the psych, uh, what is it called? What is this field actually called? Clinical psychology field. And uh, the brother is having some difficulty with uh, this notion that uh, we are making progress. And no matter how much you mention to him the things that were progressive about black people, he had a counter. And uh, was, um, well, I, I, well, I, I guess it, put it. <laughs> Well, I, it came up because before we came on air, you were talking about the black um, judge, I think that's Hamlin in the case. And you right. said something like, um, you said something like, while we make progress, there's, client, okay. <laughs> right, while we make progress, there's no progress at all. So I made a note and I then asked you after you finished talking, I said, well, um, why do you say that's not progress at all? Um, and then you were saying how something happened at the courthouse and X, Y, and Z happened. And so mm -hmm. it, it, it seems that there's no progress. And I said, wow, that's interesting. I said, because I was having a conversation with one of my clients a couple of weeks back and the conversation got, we got into a conversation about whether or not black folks were making progress. And he said, his position was black folks aren't making progress at all from the time that we got to this country. And I was like, wow. I was like, well, what about the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th Amendment? And he was like, you call that progress? And I was like, okay, yeah. I said, well, you know, I said, well, what about... Disturbed. Even, yeah, even mentioned. So, I was like, well, what about, you know, the 19th Amendment where women couldn't vote, you know, but now they can vote. He was like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, okay. I said, well, okay, we live here in D.C. No, bro, it's fine. And I was like, well, we live here in the D.C. metropolitan area and, you know, Maryland just voted in their first black governor. I said, and D.C. historically has had nothing but black males, male and female. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. You think that's progress? And what about all white males? You know, and all these other states. And I was like, well, Atlanta had a black mayor. And I was talking about different other cities that have black mayors. And New York had black mayors or black governors. And he was like, what? You think that's progress? And I was like, well... Black people, you know, hands that pick cotton now pick the, you know, now pick the black president. Don't you think that's president? I mean, don't you think that's progress? And he was like, what? Barack Obama, that's, he think black people, that is just going on. Like, that didn't stop black people from getting killed by the police. And, you know, and I was like, I, I'm not saying it was supposed to, but I'm just saying it. And I was like, well, what about, you know, we have a black, vice president 
you know, black female president. He's like, yeah, I can't believe you brought that up. What? She's a freaking joke. Now, wait, what has she done? I was like, well, what do you know me? I was like, he's like, she has the worst ranking of all vice presidents. I was like, Bruh. I don't know what standards you're using, but but there was nothing that I could say about black people and their progress in this country. He was just like, shoot it down. Oh, Lord. I understand the frustration that he was trying to articulate to you, but I, I have to also be cautioned because it puts you in a, in a state of uh, disease. I don't know if there's even a word for it, but um, that type of thinking of um, there's no progress, even though I sometimes express it that way. Um, the fact that there is some progress needs to be acknowledged and um, in reference to where we need to be or what some people assume a place we need to be, we're not there yet. Um, given uh, the February is Black History Month, uh, we brought up the subject, and um, given also that uh, the most senior and most powerful position on uh, Earth we consider as Americans to be the office of the president of the United States, POTUS, um, gives its State of the Union in February. I thought that tonight, brother, during our episode of Black Mental Health and Race, that we'd give the State of the Union of Black progress. We did it once last year, and I think it would be apropos to start off this Black History Month dedication with a brief conversation on our Black progress. In that light, um, I brought up the Murdoch case because here's a prominent white man, lawyer in South Carolina, one of the most backward states when it comes to uh, the um, racial system in spite of all of our progress, and um, you may think otherwise, um, and I think there can be a conversation without um, a discomfort, but uh, the guy that I was talking about was uh, South Carolina Judge Clifton Newman. He's from, um, he, he's presently residing in, um, what is this called? Um, Columbia, South Carolina, but um, the county in which he's residing over this case in is um, uh, Leeton County Courthouse. So he has to travel like almost two hours across state line, uh, across the state to um, reside over this case. Um, the progress is that he here is a black man in a state where they used to hang black people from trees. Is now residing over a murder case involving someone prominently white 
this is something that is progress. But what progress is it in terms of uh, our position? Or is that position that we should be in a suggestion that leads to undue discomfort in a, in a mental state of a person? I think that is the question, and I, and I see where you try to put the brother at ease that we are making progress, but um, his mental state is is that one of, um, I can't talk about his mental state, but I can talk about mine. Um, my mental state is, yeah, we are making progress, um, but um, all progress as the minister used to say, um, it requires change, but all change ain't progress. Uh, given that introduction, welcome back to our show and welcome to the audience to Black Mental Health and Race. Indeed. And um, the significance of um, the prominent judge, judge Black Judge in South Carolina, Judge Clifton Newman, who's like only one of um, 10 um, judges in that position in South Carolina. That is certainly progress, and that is certainly something to celebrate for um, um, Black History Month, that we are in some positions of power. We cannot negate that, um, no matter how, how much discomfort we become at uh, situations like last week, we spoke of Tyree Nichols, uh, rest in power to that brother, for him being beat up by uh, black police in excessive force that may have led to his death. Um, it's certainly going to be a case in the courts, and um, which brings us back to the Murdoch case. It is a case of um, someone allegedly um, killing his wife and his son. And um, he has another son uh, still alive who wasn't a part of the situation. But um, <coughs> Alec Murdoch um, has put in a plea that he's not guilty of the crime. Although there seems to be overwhelming evidence that uh, he is but the significant thing was that this black judge who is in a position to show our progress as black people is the only judge in that state in a long time that has been threatened, not directly, but there was a bomb threat called into this case just three days ago. The first time that I've ever heard of um, a bomb threat being called into a federal building. Um, so I, I I suggested to um, Dr. Moore that um, just when we're making progress, <laughs> there's no progress at all, and that uh, the conversation of race is still very uncomfortable to people. Yeah, but I've, I've heard of bomb. I've, I've I've heard of bomb threats um, here in D.C. where there's white judge. Yeah. But it would it be on a racial line of, 
a, a racial. Well, it was uh, a result. I mean, it was a result of it was it was a result of a black case. Hmm. And in fact, you know, there was some um, those young brother um, that um, ran up into the federal court building um, to to as an attempted murder uh, to to shoot one of the white judges. Wow. And this is about 20, 30 years ago. Hmm. So, um, but anyway, what was your question you, you were asking me? Um, had, you, had you heard of um, uh, Judge Clifton Newman or had you heard of Alec Murdoch? Yeah, I've, I've watched some pieces of that that case, um, mm -hmm. which really didn't didn't surprise me. I mean, it was a case of this uh, powerful attorney. Uh, historically, he he comes from a a lineage of um, lawyers in his family. He he was a lawyer. His father was a lawyer. His grandfather was a lawyer. So their family lineage, um, they had a really popular name, you know, in the Carolinas. Um, and particularly South Carolina, and they had a son, and one of his sons was, uh, you know, they this family had a pretty reputable reputation um, of having money coming from, you know, esteem and things like that. And he had one son, I think it was his youngest son, who was pretty much mm. pretty reckless, and <clears throat> he was always doing stuff to get in trouble. Well, not to get in trouble, but he was always doing stuff and getting in, in trouble. And what happened was one night, um, they had went to a party, his son and some male friends and female friends, and they um, had they left a party and they went back to the family estate and got on the family boat and went out um, after drinking and drinking more while on the family boat. And um, one of the girls, I think he may have gotten into an argument or something um, with the girl. Anyway, the girl ended up um, falling off the boat and dying. And um, that was the start of um, the problems for this, this um, attorney that's on um, trial now. Um, so apparently this son was kind of like a, a bad, I'm sorry? Alex Murder. Yeah. So apparently this son was kind of like a bad seed. Um, and so the father, um, it appears, had been doing some um, bad deals and all the rest of the stuff for a long time. Um, <laughs> and... But the son, the, the the murder of this young girl started to get the family, whole family into um, highlights of newspapers or whatever. And it eventually started to snowball. And so it appears that um, he ended up um, allegedly killing that son and the wife. Um, to hide, um, <laughs> you know, all the misdealings that 
the, the family business had been a part of it. So all this is alleged. But yeah, I'm I'm I've um take it to me with that story. That is a crazy story, brother. And it's so incredible that um people could get away with such, such things. Um not really as not, I in South, not in South Carolina. Hmm. Which is one of the discussions that we'll have tonight because um we we're talking about black progress. Um but black progress has to be um uh, mitigated or lessened by um the fact that there's still corruption in these states, particularly southern states, but not to exclude northern states. But um when I started the podcast and said that South Carolina is so backwards um, in terms of justice, in terms of social change. Um, yeah, but, so is, but, but, but so is New York, right? If, 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 we, if, 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 you, if we talk about South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, I mean, you would never think that you would have a Bensonhurst, you know what I'm saying, or a Howard Beach. Right, you know, happening right in, in, in right happening in New York. Right, so you only think is, you know, you only you probably only think that stuff like that happens in the South, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go right. to New York, you can go to Chicago, you can go to just, you know, the, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and, and, and United States. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you know, racism is a fight. Is I mean, it's a fiber in the fabric of this country. This country was built on that. Mm. So and it's um, been well. Yeah. You know, and so you could come here to Maryland, but depending on what part of Maryland you go to, you could find yourself in some serious trouble. Mm. You know, Indeed. and this is a home of and this is a home of uh Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman. Mm. It it's um it's uh what do they call it? It's a wake up call. It's um a very uncomfortable wake up call to have. So it brings us to our conversation um about myself. Um when I have these conversations, I find myself in a little mental unrest because I'm um it's something contradictory about our progress as black people in the context of um, these um, wicked machinations that are going on under the table. Uh, if we go back to the Murdoch uh, family, they have been getting away stuff for years. And um, somehow under this Alex Murdoch um, case, it's finally that snowball has finally reached uh, um, a feverish pitch, and that's uh, yeah. But the only reason, the only reason why it has reached whatever it has reached, it has nothing to do with colorism or black people. It has to do with another white child, a white child that got killed. Had it not, had that white young white girl not been killed, it would have never have gotten the attention that it got. There, that, that that family had done a, that family and that kid had done a number of horrific uh, events 
right? And it would just get swept under the rug or the, the father and the family would just take care of it. But when it became one of them that ended up getting killed or getting hurt or getting harmed, it is different when white folks look at their children as opposed to the way they look at your children. So mm. it really doesn't matter that, you know, a use of Hawkins, you know, or, you know, or um, a Tyree Nichols or um, what's the other? Uh, 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 Sandra Bland. Um, right. And um, what's the other young brother name that was killed by the no, the, by, that was killed by the white vigilante. Um, Yusef Hawkins or Michael Griffiths. No, 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 no. This, this young boy was killed, I think, in Florida. Oh, this with, is the George, with, the George, with the George Zimmerman case. Oh, um, Martin. Uh, what's his first name? Mother's name is Sharon Martin. Uh, what's his damn name? I know exactly what you're talking about. It starts with a T. Right. I'll get the name while you complete your thought. <clears throat> right. But what I'm saying is, you know, when we talk about progress and we talk about things that have happened in, in this country. Trayvon the only reason, Martin. Trayvon Martin. The only reason why this Madoff character, you know, is even being scrutinized or being held to the letter of the law is because one of theirs got killed. And so when they, it's it's different, man. I don't know if you you've ever watched that movie, A Time to Kill, but it's so yeah. powerful. It's so powerful, right? Because Sam Jackson is accused of killing these white men that raped his mm. daughter, mm. right? And it was hard for people to empathize white people to empathize mm. with this black man having this love for his daughter being raped by these white men, right? <clears throat> it was hard for white people to empathize with Emmett Till's mom because this was a black child, right? But what was powerful about that movie in A Time to Kill is when the white attorney said, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine this little girl being raped and thrown off a truck. Hmm. Right? By these adult white men. But he said, I want you to keep your eyes closed. He said, I want you to think about this young girl and the trauma that she was going through, having been raped by these white, by being raped by these men. And the most powerful piece is, he said, I want you to imagine that this little girl was white. Mm. That was so powerful. It changed everything. Because even me, 
as a person watching the movie, the shit fucked my head up, right? Because I said, damn. <clears throat> you know, you can watch a black person get fucked up by the police, but when you see a white person get fucked up by the police, you'll be like, it's a, it's, it's a different perspective. Mm. Even as a black urgent. person, because you... Right, because you you used to getting beat up. You used to certain things right. happening to you as a black person, you know. But when that shit happens to a white person, because it doesn't. Mm. Right. And, and even we can. <laughs> and even we can inflict that harm on ourselves, and mm. it still be you know not a big thing. But anybody. I don't care where you go in this country. I don't care where you go. Anybody will say, you get caught dating a white woman? Hey, man. How's that going? Hey, man, you know that's going to cause you problems. You can go out here and smoke, shoot, kill any black person. But I don't care where you go. Anybody will tell you, man, I'm going to tell you, you don't get a lot of time to kill a white person. Hmm. Nobody will say that to you about killing a nigga. I don't care, <laughs> you know, where you, I don't care what kind of thug you are. I don't care what kind of gang you are. Nobody's ever going to say, hey, man, you got a lot of time to kill a nigga. Nobody's going to say that. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, the only reason why that dude, um, um, the actor, the gay actor, that was in, um, what is the dude's name? Um, Alec Ball? No, it was a gay black dude from Chicago that said he got um, beat up by some white people and they were Trumpites. Oh, um, I know you're talking about. Let me find his name. Finish your he, was from, he was from the movie Power. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'll get the name, you finish your thought. Yeah, because guess what? He accused white folks of doing it. And Chicago wasn't gonna be embarrassed by white folks doing something to black to a black person, but if it's a black person, black black on black, that that, that that's that's fine. But when you throw white folks into that mix, that's when the shit changed. And so, my uh, to go back to my original point is the only reason why this murder dude is on trial is in trouble is because a white child got killed. That's interesting. Um, I'm trying to find the name. Do 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 you think that um we do ourselves a disservice by saying that um the progress is um not enough? Well, I mean, who's judging? Hmm. You know, I mean... As my uncle used to say, it's all according to what a fellow used to. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> if, if, if... If you if you're used to more progress, then it ain't enough. If you're used to um, progress being a slow change, then it's more than enough. Jesse Smollett is the, the actor's name that was yeah. um, 
found guilty of um, falsely accusing a hate crime hoax. Yeah, they sent his ass to jail for that. He was eventually exonerated, I think, three weeks after. Or three days after. No, he he wasn't exonerated. They sent his ass to jail. Right. But then um, they they dismissed the charges and and released him. And then they they brought the charges back. Get out of here. Yep. And then they brought the charges back and sent him to jail. I had to look that, but he's out of jail now, right? He's out of jail now, yeah. Same thing with Tawana Brawley. Hmm. Which is another um, divisive, divisive subject when you mention it to black people because people are going to take sides. Um, that is a, a bigger problem in the black community than actually having a side, the fact that we go against each other. Um, So it's okay to have opinions about what you feel is progress and what you feel is not progress. And I think um, me and Dr. Moore can both agree that the discomfort is in coming to a realization that that your brother is your enemy for not agreeing with you. Once we do that, we're we're self-defeated anyway. There is no progress in self-defeat. So when we have these conversations, um, I think it has to be guided by some type of temperance or we got to put the brakes on when we do take a side and we are passionate about our side of the, the issues um, because we can find ourselves at odds with each other. But what is the progress in that if we don't have a meeting of the minds? And so conversations like this, are the conversations you should be having at home, uh, we won't sweep them under the rug no matter how unpopular they are. Hopefully somebody gets something out of the conversation. And um, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. And um, when we come back, I'll let you um, and I I discuss um, where we are in terms of black progress. Um, It's unfortunate. Go ahead. I'm going to let you have the last word on this in a minute. No, yeah. go ahead, finish your point. It's unfortunate. Okay. It's unfortunate that the murderers, uh, that family is in legal trouble. Um, it's interesting the casualties that have led up to them being in this legal trouble. Um, hopefully there's some resolution in the, the black judge that's presiding over the case is not harmed in the process of seeking justice, or whatever that justice may be. Let's leave it to the courts, and um, let's give Dr. Moore the last word before we take a break. Well, I think my point was just going to simply be, um, I, 
I think we have to be careful about um, why we think and how we think about what we're gauging as progress, right? Like, mm. there's some people I feel like there's something about misery that they love, and that's why they like, and that's why they stay in it. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. So it's like they don't want to. They don't want to not be miserable. So it doesn't matter what positive happens, right? Hmm. They 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 are going to shoot it down with negativity. And so hmm. there's some. And so you have to be careful when you're dealing with people like that because the reality is whether they accept it or not, they they have found pleasure and justification in being miserable so mm. when you bring something positive to them they still they shoot it down <laughs> because the reality is they really don't want positivity <laughs> they, they they really don't want change they they are so used to negativity that it becomes a way of life for them right and so they found comfort in their negativity, right? Mm -hmm. And so they made, they've normalized their dysfunction. Mm. And they can only function in that dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And so when you try to bring them out of that dysfunction, it makes them uncomfortable. And mm. so when you, when you come to them to try to give them something different than that discomfort they don't want to be uncomforted by their discomfort <laughs> and so they don't know how to live out of that so they choose to stay in that and they function in that dysfunction that dysfunction thinking they're functioning in a normal manner mm. and so and yet you no progress it, it and 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 that's the thing, bro. They have they don't achieve any progress. They used to not achieve any, any progress, so they don't really want progress at that point. And that's the situation I find myself in. One of the good things about um, getting back in touch with you, brother, was to become awakened to my comfort and discomfort. Yeah, you you ever you ever meet a guy that um has problems with dating and <laughs> or a female that has problems with dating, but you find that you find that they only like dating people that are that that are problematic. <laughs> so they say, Man, if she ain't a little bit crazy, or if he ain't a little bit yeah. crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, he ain't a little bit thuggish. It, it sounds like, you know, it's when you think about it, you know, from a logical perspective, it don't make sense, but they don't make sense. And they're used to not making sense. So they say, yeah, he's too nice. It's gotta be what them. The, right. Like he, what the fuck does that mean? He's too, too nice for what? This motherfucker is going, you know, take care of this. He's going to help you do this. He's going to help you. Yeah, he was too nice. 
you know, you 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 needed a motherfucker that was gonna curse you out, you know, slap you, you know, then you then you will feel like you was in a real relationship. <laughs> you see that that type of dysfunctional thinking. So it's like I can't come to you and tell you what about the thirteenth and fourteenth amendment? Oh, nigga, ain't shit. Black folks still get beat up like that. About the first black vice president, right, nigga, right. And you just seen what happened, right, nigga. You just seen what happened with Trayvon Martin. You just seen blah 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 blah. Well, brother, um, I'm coming to the realization that I cannot be comfortable, comfortable in my discomfort. And um, uh, one other thing, as a side note, did you see Amber Rose says that she's swearing off men? Now, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of comfort and our discomfort, um, why did it take that long to come for her to come to such a conclusion? And is that comfort in our discomfort? Bro, that is foolishness. That is a fool talking to a fool. <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain to you, brother. That makes no sense, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like Kanye. Of her own. <laughs> yeah, bro. She, that, that, what you, the fuck did you expect? You, you have a... You ever run into people that you that you talk to and you realize that they spend a lot of time talking to themselves? <laughs> like, yes, like, like you like, like you ain't had, you had no conversation with nobody but yourself. So that shit you saying don't that shit makes sense to nobody but you. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like Kanye West saying slave, slave, Right. It's like Kanye West saying slavery was a choice. It's like, nigga, you know how many freaking slaves died trying to be free? You, you making a dumbass statement? You know how many of your ancestors would get up and slap the shit out of you for saying something stupid like that? <laughs> like, nigga, you ain't never but watched he, Roots. He, he's comfortable in his discomfort, even if it right. costs him $2 billion. <laughs> right. And you got people sitting around that is ignorant. I was right. And, and, and Here's a nigga that says, I don't read books. Right? <laughs> and you listen to this fool and you say, oh, he woke. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He don't read books and neither do you. And you just a <laughs> you just a bigger fool. You you no, you a bigger fool than he is. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and there will be no progress. <laughs> If that is your dysfunctional thinking, and if you don't see it as dysfunctional thinking, um, the joke's on you. So um, when we come back, uh, we'll talk about this black progress, but in the proper context, not just in uh, people flapping their gums, because we've made serious progress to even be in a position to judge over another person, uh, particularly 
to judge over a white man in a prominent society where they're allowed to get away with um, white privilege. And uh, let's see where this conversation goes. You're listening to Black Mental Health and Race. I'm your host, MF Doug, and my co-host is Dr. Moore. And we'll be right back after these messages. And we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Black Mental Health and Race. (laughs) 